Kicking off the Master Wednesday edition with Peter Allen, deer farming at the Glen Yore in Northern Southland. G'day, Peter. Welcome to the Master. G'day, Andy. How are you doing? I'm going pretty good. Um, yourself, you sound like you've been pretty busy lately. Very busy, but uh, yeah, glass half full. There's been a lot happening in the deer industry this time of the year, and uh, things have been reasonably positive. So now I'm just, just in the midst, as I said off here. Uh, We've been selling three-year-old sire stags for the last 30-odd years, and I'm just in the midst of delivering them. That's just another thing that we do to clients that buy office. So uh, it's like one of my most enjoyable parts of the deer farming, actually, Andy. It must be that time of year when we'll talk about the velveting shortly, but you're through the worst of it, and you can do these deliveries and sit there and kind of reflect, I suppose, and just, um, yeah, well, I suppose, like you say, this is a bit quieter than what you had pre-Christmas. Absolutely. No, we, we don't go away through that Christmas, New Year period. We're normally still putting our catalogues together and things like that, as most people are. Uh, we don't have auctions like a lot of others. We've just uh, stuck with the private treaty and it works. And, and like I just said, you know, we're delivering, I'm just delivering six stags to a client that's been buying for 23 years straight. And uh, nice. we've got um, half a dozen like that. And Delivering them to people that uh, keep coming back year after year, there's, there's nothing more rewarding. It's, it's a really neat thing to do, actually. That's got to be a real sign of satisfaction in your job. Absolutely, and, and just seeing where your own bloodlines are going and, and everything like that. My apologies if that came through on the air. I'm just stopped on the side of the road getting home after all those roadworks. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go along the roadworks line, but hey, back there, back north, background ambience and noise in this thing is everything. Hey, Pete, how's things looking up out of the Glen Muir? Is it starting to get dry or are you holding OK? We hold pretty well, and, and it's a combination of things that add to that. Um, deer don't graze as short, and I haven't done early topping. We have taken off um, you know, 50, 60 hectares of baleage. Uh, last week we did 600 bales of baleage, but I normally do about 1,000 bales of baleage, um, and that looks as though it's still on track in that department. But where we've taken that off, it's, it's certainly crisp and dry, uh, we do hold on a bit longer than down on the flats simply because of the soil depth um, and the altitude. Plus, we did get most of those thunder plumps, so the, the water moisture levels are still there. And But, yes, everything on top is starting to dry and crisp at the moment. But, look, we've still got one paddock of turnips to put in. Uh, I didn't put, um, you know, one... 10 hectare paddock in until just after New Year and the same with young grass. That's a month later than what ideally we would like to do it. But right at the minute, uh, my son's disking up a paddock and uh, we'll get that turnip seed in very soon. And it'll be a really good experiment, Andy, just to see um, what sort of yield we get off it, what sort of strike we get and how late is too late. I'll be able to answer all those questions um, come August, September. But uh, no, we're still doing it. And you're not the only one that have been doing late crops as well. Like I'm hearing of people who still had three paddocks of Swedes to direct drill and they were struggling because the ground conditions were such. And Look, we've had seasons like this before. I, th- I think back in 1995, like we you normally shore at home pre-Christmas. We didn't shear till January the 10th. Such was the season and Swedes didn't go in until later. But a lot of guys now doing turnips and that, they're not doing it too well into January anyway sometimes. No, and you never ever get two seasons the same in farming, and that's just the vagaries of farming. you just got to roll with it. Um, as far as the velvet, the regrowth, etc., coming on at the spikers at the moment, like I say, we're getting well through things. Velveting overall, how's it been? Pretty good. You know, prices have come down 10, 15, 
percent and and dollars wise as well from last season's steady season. But we all knew that. But uh, prices themselves have stabilised, and all your regrowth and spike above it is still fetching reasonable prices. And uh, a lot of people are just tidying up the remnants of what's left in that. Um, but on the, on the venison side, as I said, Andy, it's been the most stable we've had for a long time. Uh, we haven't come off highs in, in what's normally the uh, the chilled season through that October period. Uh, it's been stable at $9 right through, and that's that's pleased a lot of people. And, and it, that in itself underpins your live sales, so it's, it's good. As far as um, sales go at the moment, uh, Netherdale, Dave Stevens had his recently, as far as stags, etc., um, everything's been going okay? Yeah, the four big ones in south and the red ones and the elk wapitis um, at Takana, they've had all really good sales. I know Elk Tribe, uh, Sam and Andy Elder, they had a particularly good sale with great demand and really good bidding. David had a very good sale as well, but Elk Tribe, I need to highlight them, they averaged 16000 for their stags and it was exceptional. So that just goes to show what sort of... Uh, Positivity. You know, yeah, positivity, glass half full, but confidence in the market going forward because a lot of these animals, you're not really going to get the benefit for two or three or four years out of them. So, yeah, that's a good sign. Venison, how's it holding up as far as red meats? Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Sitting around that $9, so it's 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 uh, really good at the moment. It stayed pretty consistent all the way through by the sound of it. Absolutely. No, it's been good. I also need to just uh, reflect. The last time I talked to you, I was just remembering this before, I think it was just prior to the 40th anniversary of the Velvet Awards, and that was a particularly good night. And kudos again to Bruce and Jane that really put the whole thing together, and, and it was just a great feeling coming away from that. Um, yeah, particularly late night. I don't normally have that late of nights, but it was just wonderful to catch off on so many people over 40 years that have been a big part of your life. It was great. Yeah, no, it sounds as though just all reports coming back from that event it was, and congratulations. And as well, congratulations, great segue, talking late nights, tennis at the moment, the Aussie Open, no doubt you'll be glued to all hours. Yeah, I try to, but work's kind of got in the way, and, <laughs> and I know there's some mouth-watering prospects in the next night or two, but I'll just have to see when they start and uh, when they're likely to finish and things like that. I have managed to fluke a couple of you know, finishing half hours on matches because let's face it, once you get into some of the really long five setters with men, well, you can get a hell of a lot of work done if it's in the daylight hours. Uh, but when when you get into the small hours of the morning, like Andy Murray, I don't think finished till six a.m. Well, no, most people are starting to get up by then. It's crazy. Yeah, it was the other morning. I got up and I heard it on the six o'clock news. It's like um, it's just in the last game. So I got up and watched. And it was four o'clock Melbourne time. The game was just finishing. I'm like, holy hell, this is crazy. Yeah, it's wonderful to see such a, um, a good number of young guys coming through, 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Absolutely. And, and there's, there's still four of them still there um, with you know, in the last eight, in the quarters. So that's going to be interesting to see if they can take the next step. You know, Sebastian Corder has certainly got the credentials, whether he can. He's proved himself so far, so... Yeah, I'd like knows? to see uh, Stefano Tsitsipas. I'd like to see him come through and get his Grand Slam uh, to beat Novak because you watch Djokovic, the way he took apart Alex Demenure, the Aussie hope, he just shut the crowd up from where he'd go and that was just ruthless. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, no, the ladies, is uh, a couple of good ones going to match up in the uh, semi there yep. as well. So no, that's all good, Andy. Good on you, Peter. Appreciate your time in the muster as always. We'll chat again. Thanks, Andy. Peter Allen there from Glen Muir. Great to have his thoughts on the muster.
Uh, just had a text through from a mate as well. He's in Canterbury and he's listening. He's uh, Gav James. He's driving down south. So good on you, Gav Tron. Great to have you tuned in, buddy. Enjoy your travels in the south. Uh, this is the muster. Up next, Penny Simmons, MP for Invercargill. Oh. 